You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, man, back at it again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. If you're watching on YouTube, you can read. You see the name right there. Make sure to subscribe to the show here on YouTube because we're on every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You get a visual. You finally get to watch me talk about your favorite team every day, the, North, the Carolina Panthers. I almost called them the North Carolina Panthers. It's been a long day, folks. Been working, and I'm here doing a show, so might have some slip-ups. Try not to. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show also on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me on Twitter right there at Julian Council because every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. You can either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council and I'll answer your Carolina Panther questions every single Friday throughout the season and the offseason and all year round. And I'm sure I'm going to have questions about Kirk Cousins <laughs> and whether he should be the answer for the Carolina Panthers or whether he is the answer for the Carolina Panthers heading into the 2022 season as we approach the new year, new league year and free agency. And there's some news, kind of, as it pertains to Kirk Cousins because our buddy, we don't know, but this man, Judd Zuglid of Purple Daily, he's the host of Purple Daily on Score North in Minneapolis. He had a little report, and we're going to put that in quotes. We're going to put report in quotes on Tuesday saying, or on Monday rather, saying that the Panthers have apparently called about the services of Kirk Cousins, the current Vikings quarterback. He said on his show the other day, they've gotten a call now from what I've heard it went nowhere so far, but it's interesting that the phone did ring at TCO Stadium in Egan, which is the training facility there for the Minnesota Vikings, and on the other end was the Carolina Panthers. Their quarterback desperate, panicked, I'm sure. I think Matt Rule and the Panthers don't have successful 2022. He's probably going to be fired because that has not worked out. They cast their lot in 2021 with Sam Darnold. Didn't work out. And so I've heard the Panthers, not the Vikings, supposedly saying, hey, let's put a pin in this conversation. Plan not, they don't plan to move him now. But putting the pieces of the puzzle together, Kirk's demands or refusal to take a pay cut leads me to believe that the Vikings at least would have the possibility of picking that phone back up. Okay, so according to Judd Zuglid of Purple Daily on Score North in Minneapolis, the Panthers called about Kirk Cousins. Well, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, and I tell you all this all the time, listen to the newsbreakers. Don't listen to radio hosts, and I say that. With all due respect to all the radio hosts out there, I used to be one of them. I have my sports radio background, but they are not newsbreakers. Unless they were a writer for the paper and they actually have sources, do not listen to these people. Maybe listen to Dan Patrick. But again, he's Dan Patrick. Don't listen to a local radio host. Don't listen to the local TV reporters because they don't break news. You know who breaks the news? Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, Chris Mortensen, Jay Glazer. Those are the newsbreakers when it comes to the National Football League. So with all due, due respect to these people out there who work hard, they are not newsbreakers, especially sports radio guys. They're kind of like me, podcast hosts. Yeah, we might be able to talk to certain people and get more insight. And we pay way more attention to this stuff than the average everyday 
sports fan who has to go to work and has to do the 40 hours a week. You can't really watch every game. That's why we do this job. It's fun to do. We're more so opinionists who have a more for, informed opinion than maybe the regular everyday person. Not to say that the regular everyday person doesn't have an informed opinion, but that's what the radio hosts typically are. And, you know, I got a journalism degree from Elon, but I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a journalist because that's not really what I'm doing. I'm not really breaking news. I'm not writing stories. I'm just offering my opinion on the Carolina Panthers, and I have more insight and the ability to talk to more people to have an informed opinion. So that's what Judd Ziegler did. But his opinion apparently was wrong because Ian Rapport was on Pat, Pat McAfee, was on the Pat McAfee show, excuse me, on Tuesday saying that, yeah, what this probably was, was he read some report, that being Zuglid from Minneapolis, that the Panthers or the Vikings are interested in letting Kirk Cousins go. So the team probably read that. And that meaning the Panthers, they probably read some report from the media and they called. The Vikings said that's not the case and they moved on. That's what Ian Rapport said, that typically a lot of times this happens. If the team sees something printed out in the media, they inquire and really nothing comes of it. Think back a couple weeks ago, Chad Graff of The Athletic, covers the Vikings, wrote in a story saying that the Panthers would make sense for a team that might want to inquire on Kirk Cousins. But that was not a report. It was aggregated by a lot of these websites as a report, but it was never a report. It was him writing an article talking about the the future of Kirk Cousins and potential suitors if teams wanted to have Kirk Cousins next year in 2022 that weren't the Minnesota Vikings. That was never a report. So it's probably the same thing that I played out here where this wasn't really a report and one of the reputable NFL insiders, Ian Rapport, went out and said that, yeah, there's probably nothing really to it. And let's be honest, that's probably a good thing. It might, if, at the very least, it's, Matt, it's Scott Fitterer probably doing his due diligence. He said he'd be in on every deal, and I applaud him for doing that. He's just doing his due diligence and trying to figure out whether Kirk Cousins would make sense and what the price would be. Now, we know from our conversation with Matthew Collar of Purple Insider a couple weeks ago that Kirk Cousins is not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's, it's not going to happen. The Vikings brought him in after they got to the NFC title game, after the Minneapolis Miracle against the Saints, which we'll always forever love here in Carolina and laugh at. They got there with Case Keenum to the NFC title game, lost to the Eagles, and they thought, let's upgrade. Let's get Kirk Cousins. We think we can win games with him. They got to the divisional round a couple years ago when they beat the exact same team, the New Orleans Saints, on the road in the Superdome, then got mopped on the road in Santa Clara against the San Francisco 49ers, and that was basically it. They make the playoffs the last couple seasons. Kirk Cousins is a quarterback who can get you the playoffs more often than not and maybe even win a game there, but he's not going to win a Super Bowl. Let's go back to December 21st, 2020. After the Carolina Panthers and David Tepper decided to mutually part ways with former general manager Marty Herney, who should have never been a general manager for the second time around here in Carolina, but that's immaterial to the conversation that we're having. He said this quote to the media that day on Zoom, unless you have that guy for sure that gets you to the playoffs and Super Bowls, you have to keep reevaluating that because that's the only thing that matters is Super Bowls. Does that sound like Kirk Cousins? The Minnesota Vikings tried it out. It did not work. I don't know what team out there thinks it will work. There was a point in time where Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco thought that Kirk Cousins could be his quarterback. He would love to have him there. Do you really think the Vikings or the 49ers with Kirk Cousins would have won a Super Bowl a couple years ago? Maybe. I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I don't think he's bad. I don't agree with a lot of the opinions that might be out there on social media about Kirk Cousins and how people feel about him. I get If you're a Vikings fan, then I totally get it. You have the frustrations because he was brought there to win a Super Bowl, and it's just not going to happen. But also looking at it for Kirk Cousins, and I've said this in the past, and I thought he had a no-trade clause. I could have sworn I wrote, I read that somewhere. So it's my mistake for putting that information out there. But Matthew Collar, who had on the show a couple weeks ago, tweeted at me last night and said that's not the case. But, you know, with the contract and 
him having a $45 million cap hit and $35 million cap hit if he's traded, that can be prohibitive, especially to a team like the Carolina Panthers who already have to give Sam Darnold about $19 million next year in 2022. And it's going to be very hard to find a sucker who wants to take him off his hand, Darnold off the Carolina Panthers' hand, especially if you look at it in Minnesota. Quasi Adolfo Mensa, who's the new general manager there, uh, he's a Princeton graduate. Last time I checked, people who are graduates of Ivy League schools, especially Princeton, aren't stupid. And you'd have to be a gigantic idiot to take the, uh, take Sam Darnold after what he's done over the last four years. Panthers are already dumb enough last year to do it. The Jets found their sucker. Not sure the Panthers are going to find their sucker this year. But Kirk Cousins, decent quarterback. But for him, why would he even want to leave? Kevin O'Connell, who was the OC down in L.A., I understand that. He didn't call the plays because Sean McVay, the head coach for the Rams, is a play caller, and that's worked out well for them as they've been to two Super Bowls and won one last Sunday. He did not leave that job to come to Minnesota and not have a quarterback. Probably the reason why he came to Minnesota was, hey, he worked with Kirk Cousins back in 2017 when he was his quarterback coach with the Washington Redskins then, now then the football team, now the commanders. So they already have a prior relationship. You go up there, you have Justin Jefferson, you have Adam Thielen, you have Dalvin Cook, even Herb Smith. Why would Kirk Cousins want to leave that situation? Now, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, but I don't think Kirk Cousins is in a situation where if he's going to get traded, he's not going to at least have a say. It's not similar to Matthew Stafford spending 13 years in Detroit and the Lions want to do right by him, but also I don't think that's the move the Carolina Panthers need to make. So Scott Fitter made a call. All right, whatever. Not a big deal. I don't think Kirk Cousins is coming here, and I also don't think he solves really the overall problem the Carolina Panthers have is they need someone who's actually capable of winning a Super Bowl for them and I just don't think that bringing Kirk Cousins to Carolina is going to end in a parade celebration down Men Street in Uptown Charlotte. For some reason, there's another quarterback a lot of fans have been talking about lately and trading for this quarterback. And I'm really trying to understand the obsession of this man who used to have a beautiful mullet and played up in the Palouse at Washington State University. We'll get into that conversation here in just a moment. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. For listeners who served in or work for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends you might have, I wanted to notify you about an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed of updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering for the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil.clwater. That's www.marines.mil.clwater. Okay, so I'm going to really need someone to explain to me what the obsession over Gardner Minshew is. Like, I don't get it. I really don't. Yes, his first year in Jacksonville, when they brought Nick Foles in, gave him all that money, and he had to come in after Foles got injured, he played well. Had a 6-6 six and six record. By the way, QB wins is not a stat. We're not going to do that here. But yeah, he played well. Then after that, when the Jags ended up having a number one overall pick and then replacing Minshew, which 
didn't really replace him because Trevor Lawrence was going to be number one overall no matter where he went. Whether it was going to be New York with the Jets or down in Jacksonville, he was going to be number one pick. So Gardner Minshew, nice story. Start off at ECU, was going to go to Alabama to be like a grad transfer slash like student coach or something like that. Then it ends up at Washington State with Mike Leach, the Pirate, and they have an awesome year, almost won the North Division in the Pac-12. He was great, super fun, had the mullet. Everyone loved it. Came to the NFL, had a lot more, a lot of success in his first year, which people didn't expect. But Gardner Minshew is not the answer here in Carolina. The Eagles traded for him last year because the Eagles operate as a team that wants to have three quarterbacks at all times. It's worked out for them in the past, like Nick Foles, when they were able to win the Super Bowl, when Carson Wentz went down a couple years ago, and Nick Foles was Super Bowl MVP outdueling Tom Brady, which is still mind-blowing to this day how that was able to happen. God bless Nick Foles. I loved it. Could not stand another Brady Super Bowl, especially in New England. When he won one in Tampa, didn't love it, but it was also kind of like, hey, man, you kind of got to respect the guy. He's the GOAT. He can go after one season and be able to win with the Bucs, who hadn't done anything since really the last time they won a Super Bowl. This is not meant to praise Tom Brady, but Gardner Minshew, guys. Like, I get it. I've seen questions I've gotten about him. I've seen people tweet about it on Twitter, on Panthers Twitter and all that. And Panthers Twitter can be a crazy place. But why is Gardner Minshew the quarterback you're talking about? Like, this is where I'm at when it comes to the quarterback situation. I think I'm pretty set on this being my definitive opinion on what the Carolina Panthers should do at quarterback. And this is all, I, mean, I can throw the caveats on all this, but this is kind of how I feel when looking at the situation when it comes to the Carolina Panthers quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew, no. Here's the reason why. Same reason with Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins. Now, I don't think Gardner Minshew is on the same level as those guys. No organization has thought that. I think also him getting drafted in what the sixth or seventh round probably plays a large role in Gardner Minshew not getting an opportunity because we've already seen with Sam Darnold, the way he's played, if he was a sixth or seventh round pick first three years, he would never got that opportunity anyway in New York. But still, had he been a later round pick, he doesn't get an opportunity here in Carolina. But because he was the number three overall pick a couple years ago, that's why he got the opportunity. First round picks get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity because early on when they were drafting their career, all these scouts, all these teams evaluated them as first round picks. They have the talent. So they think that they can coach them to their potential, which a lot of times, like we've seen here, doesn't always work. Now, the infrastructure needs to be proper and all that, but come on. Either you're good or you're not. Cam Irving, he's not a good player. Sam Darnold, he's not a good player. Gordon Minshew, I think might be better than Sam Darnold. But the goal again, like I just brought up the quote, it's to win a Super Bowl. And if you don't have that quarterback who can do it, then what are you doing wasting assets? It might only be a seventh-round pick. might only be a sixth- or fifth-round pick. We've already wasted enough of those here in Carolina for things that haven't been answered so far for the team. Like Stephon Gilmore, you gave a, a 2023 sixth-round pick. Is Gilmore going to resign here in Carolina? I doubt it. So you gave up that sixth-round pick for five, six, seven games of Stephon Gilmore, and he had an impact, but it didn't really matter because your team lost the last seven games of the season, and you basically wasted a draft pick. I loved it at the time. Still love that he came here, and he might stay. He would have never came back, I think, if he never came here. But we'll see how it plays out. But either way, stop throwing away draft assets, especially on players who aren't the answer. They did that with Sam Darnold, not the answer. Gardner Minshew, not the answer. Jimmy Garoppolo, you can get to the playoffs with him. You can even get to a Super Bowl with him as long as you have a great running game. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, um, who I guess he wasn't there yet, but you got to have Debo Samuel. you got to have a great offensive game plan, which there's not a Kyle Shanahan here in Carolina. Has Ben McAdoo Kyle Shanahan? No. The defense also is really good there in San Francisco. Panthers have good young defensive pieces. They were great last year. 
there's still holes on his defense. It's not a quarterback plug and play situation. You have to have such a great roster on Garoppolo to even get to that point. They don't have that here in Carolina. So, and also I don't think he's good enough to elevate your team. So why Kirk cousins, I think he's better than Garoppolo, but again, brought to Minnesota, didn't get the job done. So why would you go assets, especially when he has a massive cap hit? It's 25 million for Garoppolo, 35 million if you trade for Kirk Cousins, but it's also going to mean giving up assets and likely not being able to dump Sam Darnold. So for me, for the Carolina Panthers, there's three options when it comes to the quarterback this offseason. Option one is if Russell Wilson wants to come here, fine, because that guy can win a Super Bowl. Let Russ cook. It can work. Now the roster's got to be better, obviously. You got to protect them. But it can work. I also don't know why he leaves Seattle to come here, but I like that situation. If Deshaun Watson, who the Panthers reportedly are still very much interested in, if that ever gets figured out, make that happen. Rogers had a cryptic Instagram post on Monday night. One on Pat McAfee's show said, I'm not announcing anything. Who the hell knows what's going on? But if you can get one of those three, then make it happen. Whatever. I don't really care. Preferably, you'd rather have the younger guys like Watson probably the number one choice if we had to, if he's actually available and then Wilson and then Rogers. So that's where I'm looking at. You can get one of those guys. That's option number one. Number two, you bring in a veteran starting quarterback as a free agent. You don't trade for them. You sign them to as little money as possible. Meaning Mitch Trubisky, who we talked about yesterday, who the Panthers, they wanted to take a risk on a former top three pick. That should have been the quarterback instead of trading three assets for Sam Darnold, who stunk in New York and stunk here in Carolina and had never even had this kind of success as a pro bowler like Mitch Trubisky, who's still not the answer long term, but that would make a lot more sense to bring him in as competition for Darnold. If not Trubisky, then Carson Wentz, when eventually the Philadelphia Eagles actually cut him. So those two guys at minimal salaries or even maybe a Tyrod Taylor. Because typically, I was asked about this by Kyle Bailey, my buddy there on WFNZ hosting the afternoons when I went on with him on Tuesday. And he asked me that Tyrod Taylor. I was like, well, typically, you know, actually the last two seasons when Tyrod's gotten injured, bless his heart, that sucks. Justin Herbert emerged. Davis Mills emerged. So if Tyrod comes here, as bad as it is to say, and I hope it doesn't happen, he gets hurt, you might find your next quarterback. I apologize. But yeah, so one of those guys to compete with Darnold. And then option number three is you have Darnold again. And you draft a rookie, either Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. So one is top-tier quarterback, Rodgers, Wilson, or Watson, if available. Number two, bringing competition for Sam Darnold. Not trading for him, but signing us free agents, Wentz, Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor. And in option number three, Darnold, unfortunately, still here. And in a rookie quarterback, to where you start developing that quarterback, whether it's Pickett or Malik Willis. And there could be hope that that could be the answer. And especially fiscally, Looking at it as a fly in front of my face, that's honestly one of the better options because you have the fifth-year option and you have the young rookie contract as a first-rounder. You don't have to go out there and wait, worry about spending money. And they could be the answer. And you could build around them. And there's hope for the fans, which I think is one of the, wor- the mistakes that the Panthers made. You got, rid of te- you got rid of Cam Newton. Whatever. You want to do that? That's fine. You brought in Teddy Bridgewater but you never provided the fan base someone to put their hopes and dreams into that they could potentially have a better tomorrow. Had they drafted the quarterback either in 2020 or this past season in 2021, I don't think the vitriol surrounding that rule and especially surrounding this, the position is where it's at right now. 
they have yet to give this fan base hope that they know what they're doing when it comes to the quarterback position, but especially given the hope in a young rookie who they can watch grow up and eventually, hopefully, be the answer long-term and hand and deliver a Lombardi trophy to Charlotte and to the Carolinas. So we'll see if that ever works out. Now, more mock drafts are coming out. We've talked about them last week. Daniel Jeremiah, he has his mock draft 2.0 and a very interesting pick at tackle. And it's not one of the three guys that we've been spending a lot of time talking about either. We'll get into that here in just a moment. Hey, y'all, we're at the end of the month of February, and this is usually the time of the year where everyone is pretty much giving up on their New Year's resolution. But we're not going to do that this year. We're going to stick to our resolution of eating right. And thanks to Bill Park, it almost feels like we're not really having a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have y'all tried the Bilt Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Again, yes, 100% real chocolate on every single Bilt Bar. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting and they're better for you. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, so we're still firmly in the middle of mock draft season, which is not my preferred season, but it's a season that a lot of y'all love. And we're going to continue to talk about the draft. We're inching closer to the new league year and free agency. And that will be the focus of our conversation throughout the next couple of weeks. Now, next week will be the NFL scouting combine up in Indianapolis. And there was some controversy there as they wanted to have a bubble and not let the players go anywhere. And the agents were apparently telling the, their players, hey, don't do any of this stuff. And apparently that got all sorted out. I don't know if y'all really care about that. And, you know, the combine is in many ways, according to a lot of people, antiquated. I quite frankly don't really spend too much time focusing on the combine because it's like they're running around in shorts and doing three cone drills. And I remember a couple years ago, everyone's like, oh, well, DK Metcalf, his three cone drill. Pfft. I don't know, man. Can you draft this guy? Well, he's been pretty damn good his first two years in the National Football League. I don't really care what these what their 40 time is, what they do in their underwear. Like, can they play football? Turn on the tape. That's the only thing that really matters. The tape don't lie. But either way, We'll talk about the combine. Going to have a couple of guests hopefully next week talking about the, the combine. So that will be the focus. But after that, we're going to really shift in once again to March into nothing but free agency talk as the Panthers have a lot of holes that they want to fill. But in the meantime, we will continue to talk about mock drafts. Is that will be really what we ramp up to post free agency, at least the main free agency period and the beginning of April and throughout the rest of that month until we get to the end of April with the NFL draft taking place. And I still don't know what city it's taking place in. I think it's Cleveland, but I can't really remember. Anyways, Daniel Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah, excuse me, who is a App State alum. So I know there's some App State fans who listen to the show who are also Panther fans. Does a fantastic job at the NFL Network. He has a show, Moving the Sticks. I think it's a TV show and a podcast. But he also is probably their lead guy when it comes to the NFL draft nowadays. He had his latest mock draft, mock draft 2.0. His first one, he mocked Sauce Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. And we had the conversation last week after Todd McShay did the same thing, saying why it wasn't too crazy of an idea considering that both Gilmore and Dante Jackson are free agents, and there's a possibility that both depart, and the Carolina Panthers might be screwed at the position outside of J.C. Horn. Now, A.J. Bouye is certainly a candidate who they could potentially cut. It would make a lot of sense to do that if they want to. It would be really hard to justify that if they're not able to bring back either Gilmore or Dante Jackson. But his latest mock draft, that being for Daniel Jeremiah, NFL.com, 
marks a left tackle, not Evan Neal from Alabama, not Iki Aquanu from NC State, and not Charles Cross, Mississippi State, but instead Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. Yes, Northern Iowa University. Sorry, excuse me, the University of Northern Iowa. Uni <laughs> there I go. The University of Northern Iowa and Cedar Falls, who are also the Panthers. Trevor Penning, who was at the Senior Bowl, and I guess from what he saw, he likes him. He said the Panthers are desperate for O-line help. This is a little early for Penning, but he has guard slash tackle flexibility, and he'll start from day one in Carolina. You know how much Matt Rule loves flexibility on the offensive line. He said about Brady Christensen. That's why he brought Cam Irving here. That's why he brought Pat Elfline here. But we don't need flexibility, folks. We need a stud at left tackle. Now, Charles Cross, who has been probably the most mocked player to the Carolina Panthers when looking at all these drafts, actually is not going until 22 overall in the draft here for Daniel Jeremiah. So I imagine just like with Todd McShay, he's not very high on Cross, but he's higher on Penning, who he said this is a little high for him, and it's surprising. Now, the scout breakdown from Lance Zerline, who we talked about the other day, who uh, had the reporter from, or had the guy from Spotrack talking about the contracts there in Houston and the possibility that Laramie Tunsil might be available. He said this about Penning, saying, three-year starter at left tackle with outstanding measurables on a low-cut, well-built frame. Penning plays with a level of disgust for anyone lining up against him and seeks out violent block finishes when possible. Hmm, I like that. He's athletic enough to block on the move and has the potential to shine as a powerful drive blocker. Size, length, and know-how have been more than enough to ward off FCS pass rushers, but he needs to operate with better inside-out positioning while developing much firmer edges to succeed against a more talented group of quarterback hunters. Penning has both traits and toughness, but the tape can leave you wanting just a little bit more from him. He should become an instant starter at left or right tackle, but the jumping competition will take time to navigate. And an NFC executive, who just for a scout's sake, said this, saying, don't overthink it when you write him up. He's got size, length, toughness. He's smart. He works his tail off, and he loves to play football. That is what you lo are looking for in a starting tackle. Okay, well, for me, the whole what Zerline said, just his breakdown was like, He's coming from the FCS level, which is the football championship subdivision, formerly Division One AA, for those who aren't aware what FCS means. I don't want, like I said to y'all yesterday, when we were looking at the free agent left tackle candidates, I want a veteran. I do not want a rookie. And if I'm going to get a rookie, I want a rookie who played Division One FBS, which is football bowl subdivision. So I would want Evan Neal from Alabama. I would want Iki Okwanu from NC State or Charles Cross from Mississippi State. I do not. And I'm not going to sit here and say that pinning isn't going to be a good player, but that is a position that they can't sit here and wait to develop. They can't do that. They need to find an answer, a long-term answer. And he could be the long-term answer, but it feels like a risk. And... Every pick, of course, is going to be a risk. But it feels like even more of one when you're saying, hey, guy from Northern Iowa who's never seen the kind of athleticism as he's going to see week in and week out. At least with Evan Neal and Charles Cross playing the SEC, you see a lot of nasty dudes coming off the edge. Same thing with Iki Aquanu, maybe not the same level in the ACC. But he goes up against Clemson every year. He's played pretty damn well, and Clemson puts out a lot of good dudes. I would rather run that risk than take the risk of pinning. But it's just a mock draft. doesn't really matter. It's just an opinion. We'll see how things play out. I'm sure Penning will be at the scouting combine. We'll see what the measurables look like, if that's something that you really care about. By the way, I think he's, what, 6'7", 
310 pounds, like, or 330. The man's a monster. <laughs> I would love to have someone like that. He's, at the very least, looks like he's going to be a really good run blocker when it first starts. But is he the answer day one for the Carolina Panthers? I don't know. And that's the same thing I would say about Cross and Nikwanu and Neil. Are they answer day one? Maybe projecting long-term they would be because it's not. that's why you'd pick them there at six overall. I don't know, though, if I'm the biggest of a fan of bringing in a player who played at that level to be your starting left tackle potentially day one when the season starts here in September in 2022. All right, so that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Right there is the name. Make sure, again, to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify and all of the podcasting platforms where you listen to this show and all your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube. We've already gotten over 110 followers, but we need to get more. More people, so more Panther fans can find the show. So thank you to everyone who said all the kind words about watching the show on YouTube and has supported me throughout. So please make sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube, Locked on Panthers. Don't click on the red one. Click on the blue one. That's Panthers Blue. That's our podcast. So make sure to go ahead and do that. On tomorrow's show, going to have Steven Ruiz of the Ringer. He's an NFL guy. He also is a big Panthers fan. Had him on my old podcast, 704, that I used to do locally here in Charlotte. He's going to come on, talk about the quarterback, options for the Panthers and just his thoughts on the organization and the state of the Carolina Panthers. So stay tuned for that here on the show on Thursday. In the meantime, take care, be safe, and I will talk to y'all then.